I'm delighted to be here on the 1st of July with Gloria Alvarez, all the way from Mexico City. And today we are going to be discussing virtual signaling, or maybe even the psychology of virtual signaling. And what I wanted to ask you, Gloria, is just to kick this off, is how do you feel when you see people virtue signaling? I, I would like to first introduce the concept of virtue signaling for, for the people who are, uh, you know, joining from, from Latin America, who I think are not that familiar. And because you study psychology and you're also an objectivist, sometimes people believe that virtues and morality when you defend capitalism is not something to to you know take into account it's like something that doesn't matter so if we could start with the with the definition i think it would be great okay okay so i see virtue signaling is as, as and this is okay it's when you you give a signal to someone else about how virtuous your own action is um and to make it concrete it may be um a, a sort of lesser form of virtue signaling that's recently in everyone's minds would be um, posting a black screen on your Instagram to show support with Black Lives Matter or giving some kind of hand signal um, on a riot or, you know, this, but whatever it is, it's a way of saying, hey, look at me, I'm incredibly virtuous. It can also be in the way of, of something like, um, bragging to everyone about how much money you give to charity or um, it, it, it comes in many different forms, but, but it, it's definitely um, something that, that the behavior is very explicit. It's, there is a, definitely an element of look at me, I'm doing this. And it's usually signaling to someone else in the same kind of bracket that you would like to see yourself fit in. And uh, that's, that's really what I, I see virtual signaling as. And, I'm looking forward to discussing what I think it, how it fails and, and what it does to someone's character. But I'm just sort of wondering what, when you experience it and you see people virtually signaling, what, what goes on for you when you see it? Uh, well, yeah, there's, there's a lot of that uh, going on right now in Latin America. Uh, and it, it goes, sorry, let me, let me just. No problem. Sorry, yeah, no my problem. dogs are signaling that someone is at the door, but yeah, yeah. it's okay. So, here's, um, sorry, so uh, what I see in virtual signaling in Latin America right now is that you have uh, the conservative movement, uh, virtual signaling about, for example, uh, sexual diversity and the freedom to love or uh, Uh, I'm sorry, but we seem to have lost Gloria there. Maybe she'll come back in a sec. We, we lost you there for a second, Gloria. Oh, it sorry. Cut out. Yeah. yeah. So you, you were just you saying me? that in, in, uh, in Latin America, the virtue signaling between conservatives or the conservative movement around, and then that's the last bit I heard. Yeah, around subjects like, for example, sexual diversity and the freedom to love or abortion rights or uh, even like the way that families are composed, that it, it's always this, this mentality that the family should only be man, woman and the children. 
And when you push that mentality to the extreme, what you find is collectivism. At yeah. the end, is there's only one way to be virtuous, and it's according to some logic that comes from either a religious or traditional background of the roles that a, a society puts on you. If you are a woman, if you are a man, there's only one way into being like that. And when you go into debates, what you find out is that what, what they don't appreciate is the liberty for everybody to decide what is the, the decisions that they make in order to be free to make them, even if they're wrong decisions, right? We have discussed this in previous uh, daily objectives uh, uh, talks. And then when you go to the left, for example, I had this debate with uh, Marxist feminist women, and it was about if capitalism oppresses or liberates women. So at the end, we, we, came, we, we came to the understanding that, of course, there has been historical oppression to women uh, in Latin America, but it doesn't come from the market. Actually, like markets liberate you because with markets, you can decide to be a nun or a prostitute or a mother or a professional or anything in between those realms. So it comes to the point that the ones who defend freedom, they say to you, yes, you can be virtuous as long as you are congruent with the life that you have decided. And as long as you don't force anybody else to subsidize, to subsidize the, the kind of life that you have chosen. The other extremes have a mental picture, and it's a collectivization of the individual, that there's only one right way to be. So if you are a Marxist woman, you have to come to certain co uh, like uh, uh, core values that yeah. have to be against the freedom for you to decide different uh, destinies for, for your life. And the same with conservatism. So Black Lives Matter, nationalism, uh, feminism, Marxism, they all at the end try to tell you that there's only one right way to be. And if yep. you don't fit that model, you're not virtuous at all. And the irony of the, of the left is they preach diversity. They preach diversity, but you're only allowed to be one way of, of being within this alleged bubble of diversity. You know, what, what I notice with virtue signaling is the person, what's going on psychologically for the person who is virtue signaling, you know, is, is trying to desperately fit in with, with some kind of crowd or some kind of tribal group. But really what's going on in that and, that, you know, pretending to be virtuous is what tends to happen is they get a tiny little buzz of feeling good and then they crash because their esteem is so low because they're trying to get their whole identity and their self-worth from others with identifying with others and they go around in this vicious cycle and this is why the virtue virtue signaling get becomes more and more extreme because these people what they do is they signal to each other how virtuous i am without actually understanding that virtue is the way you obtain value the means of it's virtue is about action and very yeah. few of these people actually act they just signal hey look at me how virtuous i am and as a result what happens is they don't feel any better they think they should feel better, but they don't feel any better. So what it means is, ah, I must be failing. I need to do this even more. And I need to do this even more. And, it, and this is what ends up with people tearing down statues, climbing up buildings, etc. Because they really believe that the more virtuous that they're failing somehow. So they yeah. need to be even more virtuous 
and it never and it, it's like it always starts off at school do you remember the kid in class who always put their hand up and every time they got the answer right from the teacher they looked around and they felt a little bit better and they're a little bit smug yeah but they had to keep doing that because they they were teaching themselves that their value comes from someone else or or belonging to the tribe or the collective or belonging to the teacher or whatever it is and this is probably the biggest root of of low self-esteem the 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 truly virtuous man or the truly proud man etc doesn't need to signal his virtue at all he does he lives his life he acts accordingly and you see his virtue in action he doesn't need to signal to anyone and this is tragedy I completely agree with you. In fact, uh, there was um, uh, two years ago uh, with the movement against domestic violence, uh, especially targeted to women in Mexico City, uh, what the radical feminists decided to do was going to the center and, you know, started destroying the statues and putting graffiti everywhere. And I was in this debate uh, with one of these feminist leaders and I said, look, if you could prove me, because if we go to action, right, as you say, virtue is about action. If you could prove me that every graffiti in a monument goes directly to a result where one woman is not going to be killed, I would be the first one graffitiing and looting and destroying not only monuments, I would go to the Guadalupe church, I would go to the Eiffel Tower, to the Roman Coliseum, uh, to the Chinese wall, whatever monument that we could graffiti, if you could demonstrate to me that by doing that, we are going to prevent, uh, you know, abuses to the lives of women. But the thing is that by virtue signaling, you're doing something that by no means whatsoever, it doesn't even raise awareness. Uh, And it's not only with this movement. Let's talk about Greta Thunberg. How many trees have been planted? How many animals have been protected? How many trees have been planted directly, for example, in the Amazonian uh, jungle or the fires in Australia after Greta Thunberg talked? None, none that I know of. So all this virtual signaling that we need to do something about the environment doesn't translate into action. It's just about like, if I say it, it, th- that's it. I don't have to do anything else. And that's exactly what I mean. I was, you know, alluding to about virtue is is in action, and signaling is signaling is not enough. It doesn't change anything. Yeah. And the other thing is, I don't know. I have never really seen a happy person who's a virtue signaler. I always see someone who's miserable and unhappy. I very yeah. rarely never see someone who's benign and giving off this love of life, and it's always misery it's always negativity and you know just to go back to right at the beginning you know changing your um profile picture on facebook was one of the sort of first real times i really noticed this sort of craze for virtue signaling you know like someone putting uh some kind of picture up of paris after an attack there or something and Mm -hmm. oh look look at my solidarity with parisians but no one went to paris and no one campaigned for free speech or gave any money to the causes that would protect individual rights of Parisians. People right. just changed, changed the uh, profile picture on their, on their Facebook, like everyone else. And, and there's this tremendous herd instinct or mentality. I don't like using the word instinct, but this, this tremendous herd mentality of 
hey, I feel safe as well. If I show my virtual signaling, maybe I'll feel a little bit safer within that group or tribe, et cetera. And, it, and it's tragic. I absolutely agree with you. And, and the thing is, in my personal experience, social media has been an outlet to show what I do in the three-dimensional world. And this is because when I started having a public page in Facebook, I also had a radio show. So everything that I was calling to action in my radio show, like a reforestation movement or go and find scholarships, social media was just the outlet where I could communicate what I was doing in real life. And I think that after 10 years of having that personal experience, what I see is that people first have the social media and they never go to action. And it shouldn't be like that because it is okay if you, for example, every time there is a, like, for example, there was Pride Week last week or there is the environmental um, day where actually, for example, I, I now participated in a book called Green Market Economics. And it's all about market solutions for pollution, right? And 21 scholars participated on that. So it's like, okay, it's Earth Day, but here I am showing you real solutions for this issue. It's not only that I am changing my profile picture or tweeting with a hashtag, it's that social media should just be the reflection if you want it, because yeah. it's not even necessary, but it should be the outlet of what you're doing in real life. That is a way in, in which you actually achieve some happiness and feel self-fulfillment, self because if not, you know, you are just waiting for someone else to solve the problem. And as you say, you protect yourself inside that, that collectivist uh, herd so that you look okay. Look okay in the eyes of who? Of another group of people who are not doing actually anything. I also engaged in a debate about abortion in Twitter for the past days. And, and then I said, look, all these pro-life people who are criticizing me because I believe in legalized abortion, not to be subsidized with taxes, but yeah. to be offered by the free market and the voluntary charity, which is the only form of charity that exists. Yeah. If, if one day I see you all guys doing the sexual education seminars that I do with indigenous women in Guatemala, and I put videos of those, of, of those talks. The day that I see you going to, you know, uh, educate about sexual education, evolution, biology, nutrition, then I will consider that you have some moral ground into why judging me because I support legalized abortion, which is not the only thing that I support. I also support that people are taught in schools about biology, neuroscience, self-esteem, emotional intelligence. And I do that job because not the Catholic church, not the evangelists and not the left wing is doing that job, not in Guatemala, not in the rest of Latin America. So when, when you put this uh, solid actions in the face of the people who are doing virtual signaling, they don't like it. They are not about finding actions. They are not about finding solutions. Also, when I tell them, listen, the best thing we can do about the environment is let's plant trees. Let's privatize the, 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 the species in danger. Let's um, support companies like For Ocean who for profit are taking plastic out of the sea. Let's support, let's support Ecofiltro 
which is a super cheap way of having drinkable water in the most remote areas. All of those are market solutions for pollution. And when you put them out there for the virtual signaling people, they don't like it. When you talk about Black Lives Matter as well, and you tell them, listen, the best thing we can do with racism is go to science. Let's all take our DNA test. And when we all find out that we are a genetic blender, all this crap is going to end. But not only that, if you are up for Black Lives Matter, let's legalize drugs. Because most of the crimes where, where people, Black people are in jail are because of drugs. And, and when you put those concrete actions, when you say, let's introduce the voucher system in education so Black kids are not condemned to going to the schools in their districts, which are terrible schools voucher systems will liberate them for that when you put those concrete actions in the hands of this of these virtuous uh, signaling people they don't want them they don't like it because they leave off what 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 gets them off in their misery is maintaining the problem uh, at perpetuum with yeah. no with no interest in, in in ending it and like you mentioned when we spoke last week it, they they end up living a codependent dance and they need the misery to maintain their relationship with the misery to prove their virtue. But ultimately it comes down, as I said, to low self-esteem. The reason they, they cannot act is they do not have the esteem to be able to act because the esteem, the very little esteem that they ever have is generated by belonging to others and that, that external. And that's what's really sad. And the only way that's gonna change is when uh, people that learn to be independent in their thought. So just to, to finish up, Gloria, I've just realized over, on, over your left shoulder, is that your form of virtue signaling? Who is this John Holt? Yeah, yeah. Is that your, is that your virtue signaling to, to the rest of us? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think that the, the, one of the virtues of, of Anne Rand's fiction is the fact that she portrays the, the characters, the heroic characters, as people who act. Yeah. And they, they walk the talk. They actually uh, act before they talk, even in the John Galt speech, right? Like that, that's, that's the last section of the book showing everything that he has done all of his life in order to maintain the motors of the world to not be subjugated to the punishment of the looters and the moochers. So I think that the only way that you can actually acquire virtue is to first under understand the, the coherent um, order of, of that famous quote that you have to watch your words because they become, no, you have to watch your thoughts because they become your words and your words become your actions and your actions become your character and your character becomes your destiny. It goes in that order. You don't start from an utopian destiny uh, telling other people what they should do in order to then have a character, in order to then have I, I words and then to have ideas. That's not the right order. You first have to observe yourself. If you don't invest in yourself, and that's why I always uh, uh, talk about this in my radio shows to young people. If you are truly concerned about your society, the first thing that you should do is be selfish. Because if you invest in yourself, if you are someone that can stand in their own feet, if you have something to contribute to that society, being a chef, 
a publicist, an architect, uh, a doctor, whatever, whatever path you choose, if you invest in yourself, if you're selfish enough to love yourself, have dreams, then you will have something to offer to that society. And that is the most precious gift that you can give to that society. Because if you don't invest in yourself, you're gonna be a parasite. You're gonna be a burden to that society that you so love. And this is what's happening. And, and it's the root of that unhappiness that all these people, and, and Jonathan Hyde uh, talks it very good in his book, The Coddling of the American Mind, right? You want to protect yourself from what offends you, what you think is horrible, and that doesn't make you resilient to the things that are horrible in this world. And Sam Harris talks of, uh, about this in his podcast. Uh, he had some exchanges with Ben Shapiro and also with Jordan Peterson, and he talks about that. If you're not exposed to actual misery, but not only to be exposed to it and cry about it, but to actually observe it and say, what can I do? How can I contribute? for this not to happen again, then you won't, you won't fulfill any self-satisfaction. And then as a consequence, you won't have self-esteem. Yeah, and there, there's two options right, to teach our children. It's either resilience or victimhood. Yep. And, and I'm afraid the virtue signaler is stuck in the victimhood. Well, Gloria, it's been fantastic to talk with you. Thanks so much for your insight on this subject. And Thank you. Um, I just wanna to say to our audience, if you value this show, and want to support the work of the Ayn Rand Centre UK, please consider becoming a member and you can find out more at aynrandcentre.co.uk forward slash membership. We look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks very much again, Gloria. And- um, Oh, Josh, it was a pleasure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye.